Welcome to the Gypsam's Guide to Wellbeing at Work. I'm David Ravagliate, and I am delighted to be working with Gypsam's on this project, which aims to highlight the importance of wellbeing schemes in the workplace. We hope that this podcast series will act as a guide to setting up a workplace scheme of your own. After all, we do spend a lot of time at work. In this episode, we meet Lindsay Pistorius from AON. We find out what tools they use to communicate with staff and provide advice on how to apply some of these practices at your workplace. There are so many ideas coming up, guys. So, Lindsay, thank you for your time today. No problem. Uh, For the benefit of our listeners, uh, can you tell me a bit more about Aon? Yeah, sure. Aon, basically, we enable our clients to make better decisions. We do that um, to help them grow and protect their companies. And we offer a number of solutions, which is commercial risk solutions, wealth solutions, health solutions and reinsurance solutions. So we're a global company. We've got 50,000 employees, 120 countries. To put it in perspective, though, the Aon office here in Gibraltar, 12 employees. We just focus specifically on captive and insurance management. We have a number of clients here. It's very small in the grand scheme of Aon. So um, with 12 employees here, yes. uh, can you tell me specifically about Aon's wellbeing at work scheme? Yeah, sure. So we have a global basis for the scheme. Things like um, webinars, which are posted quarterly. So you can either attend them in person or they're all recorded and then put onto our internal hard drive. So we have suicide prevention, we'll have nutrition, we'll have boosting energy naturally. We've even done mindful drawing. It covers an array of subjects to get everyone interested. And they're held usually three times a day, depending on time zones. So if you want to join in person and ask questions, you can do. So it makes it very interactive. On top of that, annually we do global schemes. So we'll have a challenge such as um, stepping up. So all the offices are pitched against each other and it's done on average steps. So the more people you get involved, the more you get moving. Last year, we hosted our first kindness challenge, which was a new one on us. We were trying to make it more about well-being because sometimes it's not all about the physical. It's about the mental. So the kindness one was in the first week, you could award other people within the organisation a thank you and gratitude for something that they've done and you recognise it then the second week you had to recognize something about yourself and give time to yourself so it could be you got up half an hour early and went on a beach walk it could be you went to the gym it could be you actually went for a massage or you just went to bed it didn't matter it was just recognizing yourself and doing something and then the final week was doing something for your community and it's just getting people involved and it was a really good challenge and it, it was a really one for getting people out there in different ways and different focuses so that's kind of on a global basis and locally it's more about the interactive it's more about getting people involved and it's more about getting people out there as such so we've run various different things over the time rock hikes the obvious one you go straight for but not everyone wants to get involved in rock hikes this time of year it's not ideal Uh, we've done spinning classes we've done self-defense classes we've done yoga the most successful that we ran actually is the water challenge and that's a great one and all it is is literally just doing a league table and getting everyone to try and drink their eight glasses of water in a day while they're at work <laughs> and at first you're kind of like well that's quite a boring challenge but the minute you get a league table and start females versus males insurance versus finance you you kind of build some momentum around it and then we started introducing flavored waters so we'd just get strawberries we get some mint we get some lemon just throw it in there mm. and people are more especially because you're pushing each other because if you're in a team you're like steve why have you only drank one glass of water come on and obviously it's good for you. Thanks for that list there. It sounds like list the things that you're not doing, Aon, <laughs> right? I suppose because we've had wellness as part of our programme since 2018, we've had 
we have to come up with new ideas all the time. So it's very easy to list a load of ideas. I don't recommend anyone tries to do them within like a number of weeks. It's kind of like an ongoing keeping people having something. I say once a quarter is your minimum. We tried once a month. It just got too much because we all have full time jobs to do as well. And obviously running the engagement and the social and the wellness is one of my extra titles. So, yeah, you, you can't be doing one every month because then we also try and do a breakfast club, which is another one we found actually great participation. Because when I first started Aon, it was all about there'd always to be a Friday happy hour. And I love a good drink. Do not get me wrong. I'm the first one to the bar. But not everyone does. It doesn't appeal to everyone. It's not fair if you've then got to drive. It's not fair if you've got to go home with a kid. Some people can't stay after work. So I think it was four years ago we came up with the idea of a breakfast club. And it's just once a month usually. And it can be we'll go to a restaurant or it can be we'll order in. The best ones are when we do potluck and everyone brings something. And it builds camaraderie. And everyone has to eat breakfast. So it appeals to everyone. So it's always finding something that works. And once you find it, it is gold because it, it works over and over again. And you can rehash it in different ways and make it more involved, less involved, bring more people in. Thank you. Um, why did you decide to enter the Gypsum's Wellbeing at Work Awards? I think it's important to build the momentum behind wellbeing at work. And I, I don't think a lot of places know about it. So it's a great way to get involved and put the Aon stamp on it and the Aon name behind it. Because the bigger the organisations, obviously, the more exposure you get at times. And it's great, obviously, to work with Jib Sams. I mean, it's a great initiative by them. But the minute I found out about it, I was doing my application. I bet you're doing so much, you're doing so much here at Aeon. Who knew, you know? <laughs> um, you can always do more, though. There's always different ways to look at it. Mm. So in um, 2020, Aeon, they, they've come up with a new initiative about uh, mental health first aiders. Now, every office has to have obviously a physical first aider, uh, and they've made a big push to get each office a mental health first aider. And the best thing about this one is you don't actually need to be in the same office. So what we do, I trained in 2020. So yes, I, I can help the local office. But what we found is people don't want to, if they're going through something, they don't really want to talk to someone they know. So on our email signatures, it's actually in green. So people know I'm a mental health first aider. So if they ever want to reach out to me from anywhere in the throughout the 50,000 people in 120 countries, they can just reach out to me and have an informal chat about whatever they'd like. So it just makes it easier for people. That's really, that's, that, that's the first time I've heard of it. And actually, it's a, it's a great initiative. It is a great initiative. Going back to participation, because obviously mm -hmm. you've got so many 50,000 uh, members of staff across the world, 12 yes. here. Yes. Uh, people are incredibly busy, and I'm sure they are here at Aon. How do you encourage staff participation? Okay, so I think the first things you've got to always do is you never try and schedule anything at busy times. If it's month end, nobody's going to show up. Even with the best event in the world, it could be the best event. They can't make it. So I always plan looking at the kind of mid-month when there's a, a lull in the month. You've got more chance of people arriving. I never do anything on a Friday because some of our staff don't work Fridays. We've got a couple of part-timers. And... On a Friday as well, people are gearing up for the weekend. They want to do something else. They, it's their own time you're eating into. So I find Thursdays are the ideal. And then it, it usually works quite well because it's quite motivational. Because if we do something on a Thursday and then on Friday, everyone's talking about it. So it builds the rapport and everyone's like, oh, that was quite good. Oh, that was really fun. 
Like yesterday, I hosted a scavenger hunt in the office. Uh, and it was, I've hosted quite a few. Um, well, during COVID, we did them remotely. Mm. And they were quite good because people were doing them from home and running around their house. And it was hilarious. And I always choose things that are the opposite to the season. So in summer, I'm asking them for wrapping paper. In winter, I'm asking them for sun cream. But I'd hosted, I think this is my third or fourth one, so I had to make it different. So I didn't tell them I wanted them to get this time. It was all about a cryptic clue on the screen, and they had to decipher what it was in some form and then run off with their little bag and go and get it from the office without anyone else seeing. And it it just keeps people involved and entertained and engaged. And surprised. And surprised, yeah. (laughs) That's That's the hardest thing is keeping it fresh. And I think one of the reasons some of our schemes work really well is we actually ask the staff we're like what do you want to do have you got any ideas any suggestions you've seen something new in Gibraltar we could try we did the I can't remember the word for it the kangaroo boots it's basically like a bouncy thing on the bottom of shoes at um, base fitness camp so we're like we'll go and have a go at that it's really really hard work it burns your calves but I mean it's great you're just bouncing around like a kangaroo would but yeah I mean I I haven't got the time or the knowledge to go and know everything there is to do locally so it's always great to ask staff get so, them involved. Is, so it's a question of asking them or sending an email how, um, how do you i think because we're a very it's a small office we're very open if anyone comes up with an idea that it's pretty much already like what do we think about this i mean my boss last year got talking to ria i've forgotten the company that she works for it's like a random adventures and she does a number of, she does rock hikes, she does um, walks to Alcazessa to the beach bars. And she mentioned about a place called Wakana. I don't know if you've heard about Wakana. In, just, it's just uh, about half an hour outside of Tarifa. And they've got Mongolian yurts. And you can do kayaking, you can do stand-up paddleboarding. They've got a Spartan race, you've got archery. So we went and did an overnight there. And it's just co- such a cool thing to do. And especially being an overnight, because then everyone's relaxed. It's a different vibe. And we're all just like, mm. yeah, we just hung out, mm. had some fun, did some but camping. Uh, when it comes to that, I guess it depends on what you're trying to get staff to participate in. But are there any groups in particular that are hard to, to get to or to encourage participation from? No, because I think the main thing to always bear in mind with anything, not even just wellness, but when you're doing social activities, engagement, you're never going to appeal to everyone. So to think you're going to and get 100% attendance, you won't. And I always kind of go with if you can get 80% in because simple things like a rock hike. One of the girls here doesn't like heights. She won't go on the rock. We'll still hold it for other people. It's not we're alienating her. But then there'll be another event like the spinning class. My boss, who's in his early 60s, doesn't want to go to a spinning class, but he'll quite happily do other challenges. And it's just like you have to keep offering things and just working out. Like I say, the water challenge was probably the best. Everybody could easily get involved. And we've done a, a walking one here before with people that had their own Fitbits and things like that. But again, it's if you've got a Fitbit. If you've got it on your phone, you're fine. Mm. And you can do like a league table. So it's just, yeah, accepting that you'll never get everyone to do anything. Because, I mean, me personally, I don't really like doing some of the water things. I'll do them because I had the committee. So you leave by example. Water, <laughs> <laughs> but if it was scuba diving, I won't do it because I've got broken nose and can't. But I'd still quite happily arrange for everyone else to go and do it if they want to do it. It's, uh, one of the guys had brought up the Lower St. Michael's Caves. I did it years ago and I absolutely hated it. It's just my personal opinion. I was traumatised by the event. But, <laughs> but if there was enough people wanted to go, I would quite happily organise it and they can go. 
you kind of have to take into account who the market is. And I think in smaller companies like ours, it's easier because I've got 12 people. I pretty much know their likes, dislikes, abilities, objectives, and what I can push them to and what I can't. In terms of, so let's flip it, I guess, when you're looking at participation, how do you kind of measure success? What are the markers for you to say, right, what we're doing here at Aeon is, is working? How do you... So on a global that? basis, we have an engagement survey that is sent out anonymously every year. And that just monitors, it asks, I think, around 60 questions of the staff to get their overall engagement, how they're feeling about everything, how they're interacting, things we couldn't. And there's open spaces where you can give a narrative if you want to give more description, if you want to give feedback. And it calculates an engagement score. And our scores year on year are maintained. And overall, on a global basis, it's actually increasing. So it shows that staff are happy, especially during a COVID situation. We're doing what is keeping people happy. So that's our first kind of marker on are we doing the right thing? Is everyone kind of involved? On top of that, our retention, we've seen our staff retention, apart from one employee, we don't have any issues. We've got long-serving staff. I've been here six years. Zane's been here 14 years now. Like We've got longevity and people are happy here. I think work-life balance is really important and I think well-being really brings into that. And then the other thing that we can monitor on is absenteeism due to illness. We just don't have it. It's a rarity if someone's off. And I think some of that is obviously the new working environment because we have got hybrid working. And I'm a big believer in if you don't feel 100% and you can work from home, you'll actually work from home. Whereas if you had to go to an office, you'd ring it sick. So that's part of it. But it's also because we're promoting wellness, we've seen a massive decline in it. Last question uh, is actually, what advice do you have you got for someone thinking of starting a scheme of their own? I think just be really open to the ideas and ask other people. Ask your staff about what they'd want from it and what they view it as. Don't make it very, not regimented, because sometimes you have to, but the more fluent and fluid you can make something and ever-evolving, the more open it is for people. Because if we just said, oh, right, wellness to us is that once a quarter we'll go on a rock hike, it's very limited. But the more you can say, oh, no, let's add nutrition into it, let's add mental health into it, let's think about this. Let's be open to a self-defense class. Let's be, let's be looking at water intake. Let's try and do a month, everyone do dry July or something. It just makes it really, really open. And the more ideas you have, the better it is for people. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode in which we learn how to go about setting up regular staff surveys. Remember, it's not too late to enter this year's Wellbeing at Work Awards. Go to the Gypsams website to find out more. Gypsams is a Gibraltar-based charity and confidential listening service for those individuals experiencing emotional distress. It exists to reduce the number of suicides and support people through tough times. Find out more at gypsams.gi.